I'm Maria Titizian. And I'm Rubina Margosian, and welcome to the Week in Review for the week of March 25. In the news, Azerbaijan violates the ceasefire regime in Artsakh, dangerously escalating the situation while the world's attention is focused on Ukraine. Armenia applies to the European Court of Human Rights, asking the court to take urgent measures against Azerbaijan for violating the rights of the people of Artsakh. And after briefly restoring natural gas supply to Artsakh, Azerbaijan shuts it down again, leaving residents without heat in freezing temperatures. The situation has escalated in Artsakh again. Today, starting at noon, Azerbaijani armed forces attacked military posts of the Artsakh Defense Army near Askeran using firearms of different calibers as well as combat drones, among them by Raktars. Two Armenian contact soldiers were killed. The number of wounded is being clarified. According to the NKR Info Center, Russian peacekeeping forces have only succeeded so far in halting Azerbaijani military advances in Paruch and stopping the shelling. The peacekeeping forces have not fulfilled their mission, according to the NKR Info Center, as Azerbaijani armed forces continue to remain in the territory of Artsakh proper. Yesterday, Azerbaijani armed forces violated the ceasefire by launching an incursion on the line of contact and advancing near Askeran region's Paruch village, taking control over the village and several positions. During the night, the Azerbaijani side opened fire in the direction of Defense Army positions, also using a combat drone. Earlier, the Defense Army had reported that five Armenian contact soldiers were wounded. Artsakh's Defense Army reported that the Azerbaijani side has five casualties. According to reports a few days earlier, the Russian peacekeepers uh, negotiated with Armenian and Azerbaijani armed forces and convinced them to withdraw from their military positions so that Russian peacekeepers could take positions there instead. While the Armenian side retreated, the Azerbaijanis advanced and took hold of several military positions. And today, Armenia applied to the European Court of Human Rights, asking the court to take urgent measures against Azerbaijan for violating the rights of the population of Artsakh and to urge Azerbaijan to stop its aggression and restore the gas supply, which it cut off for the second time now, leaving the population without heat and freezing temperatures. Also today, Armenia's Ministry of Foreign Affairs announced that Armenia expects that the Russian peacekeeping force in Nagorno-Karabakh to undertake measures to ensure the immediate withdrawal of the Azerbaijani forces from the areas controlled by the Russian peacekeeping contingent, which implies the return of the Azerbaijani forces to their starting positions of March 23. And yesterday, Armenia's Defense Minister Suren Papikian discussed the situation in Artsakh with his Russian counterpart, Sergei Shoigu. According to Armenia's Ministry of Defense, Shoigu has made assurances that the situation is being monitored by the Russian peacekeeping mission and everything is being done to reach a peaceful solution. This was yesterday. Today, we saw an esca- further escalation. Mm-hmm. However, today Shoigu discussed the situation in Nagorno-Karabakh, which is Azerbaijani counterpart. Asked to comment on the situation earlier yesterday, Russia's uh, foreign ministry representative Maria Zakharova stated that the peacekeeping forces on the ground in Artsakh are the ones who should assess the situation, adding that the already tense situation should not be strained further. And the U.S. Department of State tweeted that the U.S. is deeply concerned about gas disruptions and Azerbaijan's troop movements, calling on Armenia and Azerbaijan to use, quote, 
direct communication channels to immediately de-escalate, end of quote. Early this morning, the official Twitter account of the Ukrainian Rada, uh, which is their parliament, tweeted that Azerbaijani armed forces had advanced in Gharapakh, taking advantage of the fact that Russian soldiers had been redeployed from Gharapakh to Ukraine. The tweet included a thumbs-up emoji. Uh, later in the day, the tweet was removed through the efforts of uh, Armenian diplomats based in Ukraine. Since Russia's invasion of Ukraine, rumors have been circulating that Russian peacekeeping forces had been moved from Artsakh to uh, the theater of the battle in Ukraine. Artsakh's National Security Service has denied this information, and this became a huge topic uh, on social media because it was really, um, it's one thing to say, and, and the, the emoji, the thumbs-up emoji just rattled everybody. Just forgot uh, exactly. the emoji and just the fact that uh, Ukraine is in, at war. Right. And its parliament, the Rada, is discussing yeah. this and making such announcements at at such a time. Mm-hmm. And we've experienced similar situations during the 44-day war. But, uh, well, we had talked about the Nerkin hunt in Sunik region last week, mm-hmm. and there were reports that uh, the Azerbaijani soldiers had advanced by a few hundred meters into Armenian territory. Armenia's Minister of Defense had denied that the advancement was recent, stating that the Azerbaijani armed forces were deployed there last spring. However, what is new this week is that the human rights defender, confirmed on March 21 that the advance of the Azerbaijani soldiers near Nerkin Hand is, is recent. So it happened in the recent... Right, I mean, so it's, it's this constant, you know, slow burn, if you will, um, attacking from different sides, and the escalation today obviously is extremely uh, concerning. Now, prior to the escalation on the border, Azerbaijani authorities uh, had cut uh, the natural gas supply to Artsakh again on March 21, as we said at the top of the podcast, after briefly restoring it on March 18. This time, according to Armenian authorities, it seems like they have put some kind of valve to be able to control the flow of gas that comes from Armenia to Artsakh. And again, just as a reminder, that pipeline runs through territory that is under Azerbaijani uh, control, although... It the is whole part of the, the five Rus- kilometers in the Lachin Corridor that is currently exactly. under uh, the Russian control of the Russian peacekeepers. Mm-hmm. Today, Azerbaijan's Ministry of Foreign Affairs announced that the gas supply has been interrupted due to bad weather. Armenia's Foreign Minister, Arat Mirzoyan, stated that the damaged part of the pipe passes through that five-kilometer strip of Lachin, uh, which, as we know, is controlled by Russian peacekeepers. So the question arises as to why this is happening if the Russian peacekeepers are there. Especially the recent situation in Askeran mm-hmm. is uh, it was through the interference of the Russian peacekeepers that we got the situation right, that we that we're in at the moment. Uh, well, on March 22, Armenia's Ministry of Foreign Affairs issued a statement noting that, in addition to its ongoing efforts aimed at exerting psychological pressure on the people of Nagorno-Karabakh and preventing the entry of international humanitarian organizations, it is also deliberately disrupting the proper operation of critical infrastructure, which is leading to a humanitarian crisis. Armenia's Ministry of Foreign Affairs called the policy uh, of systemic violence against the Armenians of Artsakh unacceptable, stating that the current situation emphasizes the urgency of a clear response of the international community towards preventing the humanitarian crisis as well as the immediate and unimpeded involvement of international humanitarian organizations in Nagorno-Karabakh. Well, in response, Azerbaijan's Foreign Ministry uh, Speaker Leila Abdullayeva 
called on Armenia to refrain from making, quote, unfounded claims and interfering in Azerbaijan's domestic affairs. She also stated that Armenia should fulfill its obligations under the November 9, 2020 trilateral statement and withdraw its remaining armed forces from the region, after which it will be possible to establish peace and stability in the region. Today, Azerbaijan's foreign ministry reiterated Abdullayev's uh, words. This, however, is it's really important to understand that this is a manipulation and a misrepresentation of the trilateral statement uh, that was signed between Armenia, Russia, and Azerbaijan back in 2020, which obliged Armenian forces to withdraw from the adjacent territories outside of the former Nagorno-Karabakh Autonomous Oblast that were still under Armenian control and not about Artsakh proper. Uh, the Ministry of the Foreign Affairs of Artsakh also issued a statement calling the actions of Azerbaijan humanitarian terrorism, noting that Azerbaijan's actions grossly violate international law and are yet another demonstration of Azerbaijani hatred towards the Armenians of Artsakh. The statement called on the international community to adequately address the situation. Armenia's Prime Minister Nigol Pashinyan also spoke about the situation in Artsakh at the beginning of yesterday's government session, stating that by cutting Artsakh's gas supply, Azerbaijan is demonstrating the essence of the Nagorno-Karabakh conflict, that is, Azerbaijan is trying to ethnically cleanse the indigenous Armenian population of Artsakh, a policy that it started with the 2020 Artsakh war. According to the Prime Minister, Azerbaijan's cutting of Artsakh's gas supply coincided with Armenia's announcement that uh, it, in general, accepts the proposals made by Azerbaijan. This is the five-point peace accord proposal, which, according to Pashinyan, indicates that Azerbaijan is, in fact, not in interested in peace. And on March 24, Freedom House tweeted that Azerbaijan must prevent a humanitarian crisis by restoring unhindered gas supplies to the people of Nagorno-Karabakh who have endured weeks of freezing temperatures without heat or hot water. Uh, This tweet was later deleted uh, and then it was restored. Yeah, it was the strangest thing. Um, The European Union has also expressed concern about the renewed disruption of the gas supply to Stepanagert. And interestingly, Peter Stano, who's the lead spokesperson for foreign affairs and security policy of the EU, you know, he made the statement and he said Stepanagert slash Khangendi. Um, which is the Azerbaijani word for the capital of uh, Artsakh. Um, So according to the statement, there is an urgent need to ensure the immediate resumption of the gas supply to the affected local population, in particular in the context of dire weather conditions, and the EU calls on the authorities in control to allow this to happen. So this is something I, uh, I've i been getting stuck on. If the weather conditions weren't so dire, mm-hmm. it would have been more okay to cut the gas supply because <laughs> it keeps coming up. And mm-hmm. I know what a, a terrible situation it is for the population of Artsakh right now. Mm-hmm. But had this happened in summer, it is would it still have been okay? less, less of a human rights <laughs> violation. And on March 23, the Human Rights Watch representative, Georgi Gogia, also tweeted about the situation in Artsakh, stating that for the second time in two weeks, the gas supply has been interrupted, due to which bakeries are not able to supply bread and kindergartens and schools are closed because of freezing temperatures. According to Gogia, urgent steps are needed to avoid further humanitarian crisis. The Human Rights Watch representative also stated that recent weeks have also seen an uptake of violence on the line of contact, adding that if it is a deliberate attempt at forcing population displacement, that would be a breach of the Geneva Convention. And yes, we saw that violence today.
On March 23, Armenia's foreign minister, Arad Mirzoyan, announced during the parliament Q&A session that the OSCE Minsk Group co-chairs have forwarded Armenia's response to Azerbaijan's five-point proposal for normalization of relations uh, back to the Azerbaijani side. However, official Baku has not uh, replied yet. Mirzoyan stated that Armenia added its own provisions to Azerbaijan's five points. And during yesterday's government session, Prime Minister Nigol Pashinyan stated that Armenia suggested that the Armenian and Azerbaijani armed forces also retreat near Yerask, bordering Nakhichevan, which will solve the issue of one of the hot zones on the Armenian-Azerbaijani borderline. And as a reminder, on March 14, Azerbaijan's Ministry of Foreign Affairs made public a proposal for this uh, five-point peace accord with Armenia, which includes um, mutual recognition of each other's sovereignty and territorial integrity, mutual reaffirmation of the absence of territorial claims to each other, and a legally binding obligation not to make such claims in the future, abstaining from threatening each other's security, um, demarcation of the border, and unblocking of transport links. And Armenia's foreign ministry has replied to the proposal and applied to the OSCE Minsk Group to initiate negotiations with Azerbaijan. The Armenian side has not clarified the content of its reply, only stated that Azerbaijan's proposal does not fully reflect the whole agenda of existing problems. And today, Arad Mirzoyan received the personal representative of the OSCE chairperson in office, Andrzej Kasperchik. During the meeting, Mirzoyan presented presented the situation in Artsakh, emphasizing the need for the withdrawal of Azerbaijani armed forces from uh, the village of Paruch and surrounding areas. He also presented Armenia's position on the negotiations between uh, Azerbaijan and Armenia for the signing of a peace treaty, pointing out uh, the role of the OSA Minsk Group, which has been called into question lately. Uh, last week, we reported that Azerbaijan had arranged an event in Shushi to celebrate the 30th anniversary of Azerbaijan's admission to the UN with the participation of the UN resident coordinator in Azerbaijan and other representatives of the organization. According to Baku officials, the UN flag was also raised in Shushi, and we saw the uh, picture, the representatives also again in Shushi. Very deja vu because we had seen this. this, Before. uh, Yes, this exact same photo almost uh, before. And on March 19, Lilia Pieters Yahya, the acting UN resident coordinator in Armenia, was invited to the foreign ministry of Armenia and handed a note of protest. The Armenian MFA strongly condemned the participation of UN officials in the event organized in uh, Shushi on March 18, demanding that the UN restore neutrality in the Nagorno-Karabakh conflict. The UN has not responded to Armenia's complaint thus far. Yesterday, Armenia again abstained from voting against Russia at the UN General Assembly. With the new resolution, the UN General Assembly demands aid, access, and civilian protection in Ukraine and accuses Russia of creating a dire humanitarian crisis in Ukraine. Armenia was among the 38 countries that abstained. Two soldiers were detained this week in connection with the death of an Armenian conscript who was found dead with a gunshot wound. Um, in his jaw last week, the preliminary investigation is underway. On March 21, Armenia's investigative committee reported the latest number of casualties and missing persons of the 2020 Artsakh War. 3,822 servicemen and civilians were killed. 187 servicemen and 21 civilians are still missing. To this day, Azerbaijan has returned 150 POWs to Armenia. And it's important to note that uh, there are still dozens of POWs uh, right now in Azerbaijan.
On March 23, the ruling civil contract party voted against a bill drafted by the opposition Armenia Alliance, which aimed to criminalize announcements against Armenia's territorial integrity. Representatives of the ruling party stated that the bill does not have any significance for Armenia's foreign policy and serves hidden purposes. According to Adam Vartevanian, the co-author of the bill, the need for such a, a draft or a bill arose after the 44-day war when Armenian authorities made controversial statements about the territorial integrity of Armenia. Over the weekend, rival rallies were organized in Yerevan, both in support of and against Russia's invasion of Ukraine. The pro-Russian campaign was arranged by Armenia's Communist Party. Participants gathered near the statue of Stepan Shahumian, a prominent Armenian communist, and marched to the Russian embassy, which is right there, actually. And supporters of Ukraine gathered at the Syrian Park and marched to the Republic Square. And finally, as we do every week, the latest COVID updates, daily infection numbers and deaths remain low. During the past seven days, only 169 new cases were registered. Uh, however, 15 people did die of COVID-related um, causes the vaccination process um, is continuing, albeit at a much lower rate. I mean, we've even forgotten about getting our booster shots. Uh, Rubina, we kept talking about yes. it at some point. It, seems, it was supposed to be last month. Or yeah, it seems kind of irrelevant uh, with everything that's going on. Uh, 50% of Armenia's adult population uh, has received the first dose of the vaccine, while over 30% are fully vaccinated. And Armenia received two th oh, just over 200,000 doses of the Pfizer vaccine from Portugal and 25,000 doses of AstraZeneca from uh, the UK. And uh, that's the kind of week it's been here. We will be updating our social media uh, platforms as the situation develops. Uh, hopefully we won't have the need to, but at the moment the situation continues to be tense in Artsakh. Um, so you can check uh, our Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook um, platforms to, to get the latest updates. And uh, thanks for following, and we'll be here again next week.